Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The American Lung Association's Lung Helpline has an adult asthma self-management program, which helps people understand and seek treatment for their asthma. Lung health navigators help people understand their asthma, practice effective communication with healthcare providers, and modify lifestyles to prevent symptoms. This is the only program available proving results in less severe asthma, fewer respiratory problems, and a better ability to stick to treatment plans. Enroll. Call 866-252-2959. Weekdays, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Steeler fans, my name is Brian Anthony Davis from Behind the Steel Curtain. Along with me today on this President's Day, it's Shannon White and it's Tony Defio. What is up, gentlemen? I'm good. How about you guys? <laughs> Very good, folks. <laughs> wow. Seems like deja vu for some reason. But hey, happy President's Day, guys. I'm sure you've been boning up on your President's Day trivia, but... More important than that, we are going to talk about general managers. And, well, just one. Well, we'll talk about future general managers, possibly. But Kevin Colbert had a lot to say. And Shannon White, I have a feeling that you're going to say that this is probably his last address. What do you think? Yeah, that's why I think he he was very talkative and informative today. Because so much times it's, whether it's GM or head coach, it's, they just give you little bits and pieces, but he was really chatty, catty, Kathy today. And uh, maybe it's where it's his last draft cycle and combine, but uh, I prefer it that way. So we got a little glimpse behind the steel curtain. And Tony, so what did you think of Mr. Colbert talking to the media today? I like some of the things he talked about. I, I I think people are overreacting to the whole some of the things he said, which is is understandable. I guess it's a it's a slow news time, but he certainly uh, gave us a lot to talk about and chew on. Well, I tell you what, um, plenty to chew on, and we're going to do it, and we are going to do that, courtesy of one David Schofield, as he today put out a great article top eight takeaways from GM Kevin Colbert's talk with the media. And so we are going to reference that for some of the big subjects that was talked about, but even bigger subject, everybody, man, on the live chat today, the guys, the girls, the ladies, the men, they are saying right now that Shannon White, they love your t-shirt, man. You're wearing a pretty cool Pittsburgh Steelers t-shirt. Is that I new? like the nostalgic stuff. The stuff that looks like what we grew up with. So I, I was happy to find this one. <clears throat> and I'm not getting I'm not getting much love for my t-shirt, which is you really can't see it that well, but courtesy of Three's Company. Well, they didn't give it to me. I my wife bought it, but the Regal Beagle, Santa Monica, California, established 1977. Steelers were good in 1977. They didn't win at all, but they were good, boys. Mm-hmm. Injuries. Yeah, man, they got beat up by injuries. Uh, They definitely really could have been in the Super Bowl that year as well, the year before 76. So, But they gave way to the uh, Raiders and Broncos for a year to uh, go ahead and represent the AFC. So let's go ahead and do this. Let's talk about the big news over the weekend. And I think everybody is really 
celebrating this news, I think, because I haven't, I, I was away. I was, I was at a camp this weekend. I was locked away. I got to see everything about the hiring of Brian Flores. When I saw it, I was like, wow. And I think we talked about that, how that could be a possibility mm -hmm. just for the fact that if any team was going to hire Brian Flores, Pittsburgh was probably a great candidate to do it just because of the way they're set up and their need for another defensive coach there and a guy with head coaching experience. And they've done well with coaches with head coach, head coaching experience coming in. I mean, you can say what you want about Todd Haley, but Todd Haley did some good things here and he was a head coach. They also brought in Mike Munchak. Good job. He was a head coach and go way back to when the Steelers brought in Ron Earhart. Ron Earhart was a good offensive coordinator for this team better than he was as a coach for i believe the uh, colts and the giants so gentlemen what was your knee-jerk reaction when you read that i'm going to start with tony oh i thought it was i thought it was great news i mean uh the the reaction to it was universally positive which you, it's, hard, it's rare to find nowadays i mean there, there's always some stragglers but but by, by and large it was it was a, a great reaction and i i think it's a He's going to be a great asset for them. I mean, he's had so much experience already at the age of 40. Uh, he's worn so many different hats uh, for the Patriots and obviously head coach of the Dolphins. So, you know, the, the more talent you can get on that coaching staff, the better. And, and, and he's going to work well, I think, with Terrell Austin and, and, and Tomlin. Now you have three, uh, well, two former coordinators. You have three basically defensive coordinators. Uh, you know, and of course you have the other you can't discount the other people in, in, on, on that side of the ball, you know, Jerry O and people like that. So I think, you know, he's going to, he's going to be a great asset for them. And, and uh, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like, it kind of reminds me of having Dick LeBeau as the defensive backs coach when Dom Capers was the defensive coordinator, you know, and, mm -hmm. and uh, it's going to be that kind of a, it's going to be, you know, to have that much talent on a coaching staff on that side of the ball. I mean, it can't, you know, it has to help them next year. It has to be, it can't, it can't, it can't not be beneficial. Shannon White, is this uh, just adding a guy for the sake of adding a guy? Or do you see a really proper place for Mr. Flores here in Pittsburgh? Because I sure do. Oh, this is a great hire. Uh, a lot of my offseason articles so far have been about uh, finding draft value, free agency value. Well, this is coaching value. You have a guy who's a, has head coaching experience. Before he was a coordinator, an assistant, he was a scouting, a scout, and then he worked in the scouting department. So he knows every level of personnel, and he has proven that. You know, we've talked about with Keith Butler leaving. Would the Steelers be able to keep that pass rush? Well, he is excellent uh, coaching uh, and varieties of pass rush technique uh, and blitz schemes. So he was a great hire all the way around. And I know you've heard different things about why he was hired and the Steelers stepping up doing the right thing. The, the right thing was you're getting a great coach who's still getting paid by the Dolphins. So you mm -hmm. can probably actually, they probably got him a little cheaper than they had any right to get him because he should be a head coach. But but what a what a find and what a value to get and and he's just going to make the defense that much better. He's going to want to make free agents come to Pittsburgh more than they already did, I believe. I absolutely love this hire too as well. And I think I, I'm not going to say I completely called this hire, but I said that it made sense from the start, and I would love them to go ahead and take a look at it. So I'm not saying oh they're going to do it because you never know what's going on and how things are going to shake out. But I am going to say this here. I don't care about statement. I think thought he got a raw deal, not getting called in to teams like the Houston Texans, um, which you thought he could have possibly gone there. They did hire, they did hire Lovey Smith, who is a defensive-minded coach, just like Flores was. So, you know, I I love I love the fact that they brought him in. I love the mm -hmm. fact that he's good with personnel. And not only is he good with personnel. When he was with the personnel department, Shannon, was that with the New England Patriots? I think so, yes. All right. 
you know how they do with personnel there. Mm-hmm. And when you're learning, when you're in personnel and you're helping out with Bill Belichick, whether you love the hoodie or you hate the hoodie, <laughs> you better respect the fact that the guy has a resume and the guy's really fantastic. And he's uh, going to go down in history as right next to Vince Lombardi mm-hmm. and not too, not too many others. In fact, I, I would probably think the Mount Rushmore of coaches right now could possibly be Vince Lombardi, Bill Belichick, Bill Walsh. And really, I, I would go ahead and say it might be a toss-up between Don Shula and Chuck Knoll, and I would probably take Chuck Knoll. But I'm not sure, and I could be missing some head coaches there, but that's my Mount Rushmore right now. What do you guys think? Well, I, I've always been a huge Bill Walsh fan. Uh, he's one of my favorites. Maybe my favorite coach of all time outside of Chuck Knoll. I, I, I just have so much respect for Bill Walsh and <laughs> And what he was able to do in, in San Francisco and, and, and identifying talent, people like Dwight Clark, who he saw, he saw him, uh, he only caught two passes his senior year. And he, that's all he needed to evaluate him and how he found Jerry Rice. I mean, just found him uh, while watching a game, while staying in a hotel room. So I just love Bill Walsh. So I, I, I can't argue with that list. Shannon. Oh, I, I agree. Um, it's funny that, Belichick comes from the Bill Parcells coaching tree and they were, he learned so much, but eventually I think the pupil has surpassed the teacher there. And, and Bill Walsh was one of the most brilliant offensive minds ever. Uh, Mike Brown was before my time, but they said he was incredible as well. But, but I have to stick probably with your, your Mount Rushmore there because you can't really argue with any of them. I'm not trying to be correcty correctorson. Were you saying Paul Brown? Yeah, Paul Brown. I said okay. Mike Brown. Thinking yeah, it's that's all the, in the family. <laughs> yeah. But Paul Brown, yes. <laughs> so, gentlemen, so yeah, a very good hire. And was he a linebackers coach also in New England? Tony, is that true? I'm not I'm sure about that. Back. I think he uh, was a linebacker's coach before he was elevated. Yeah, I, I know he started yeah, out with that. I think he was... Now, I'm not positive. Uh, I, I know he has some experience with the defensive backs as well, but um, I think he was kind of a combo assistant, defense coordinator, and maybe linebacker's coach already uh, back at that during that time. But uh, I'd have to do some research. Now, here's the question, though. If he was working on the defense in New England and they were great with pass rushing, can you really mention a lot of superstars that were linebackers? I mean, Dante Hightower was pretty good, but he, he's an inside linebacker. But I'm talking about pass rushers. Did he have a lot of superstars there? I don't think he did. I think he took a lot of guys like Kyle Van Noy and some <laughs> other players and turned them into just fantastic players. But Kyle yeah, Van Noy yeah. is, isn't a name that just pops off the tongue. Right. Chandler? He had uh, Chandler Jones, and who was like incredible, a superstar. And, you know, they seen that, you know, the payday was coming up for him. And Belichick was like, okay, we could trade him and get assortment of picks. And, you know, that's how – because they're system-driven, not superstar-driven. And, and I think he learned that. So I think that'll help him uh, be used warmly and louder milk and, and hopefully to it, you know, use them guys to their full potential because he doesn't have to have rely on just Hayward and TJ Watt. Absolutely. That is fantastic. Tony, your final thoughts on this hiring. Oh, I mean, I think it's, you know, people, it's become uh, pretty chic over the last few weeks to, now Tomlin's gone from you know a guy who had, who was totally hands off and didn't he had nothing to do with anything. Now he's a he's a, a main a egomaniac. But I mean, this is, to me, this is a sign right here that he's willing to bring in other uh, great coaches and, and and allow them to have input. You know, if you're if you're going to hire a Brian Flores, somebody who's had so much success with New England on defense, uh, you're not going to do that. If you if he's just going to come in here and, and coach the linebackers, he's going to have a great influence on that defense. So I. I I'm thrilled with it, and, and uh, I can't wait to see what, what kind of 
schemes and game plans they devised for 2022. You know what I was thinking through this whole thing? Wonder how much Xavier Howard loves him. Does he want to? <laughs> does he? <laughs> does he want to follow? Because a lot of people are thinking that he could be available for a trade. So the last thing I'm going to ask said it was the last thing, but I'm I'm going to say the last thing again. Let me say. Let me ask you this: How much of a short-term deal do you think that this is with Brian Flores coming in, Tony? I mean, you know, if it's a if it's a, a year or two, and, and and he leaves for a head coaching job, that, that that probably means that, or at least a coordinator job, that probably means that it was a great time here, and and he left the, the defense mm-hmm. better off than he found it. So to me, if it's only a year or so, I'm fine with that. It, it, it's all about uh, uh, getting what you can out of a, a great resource while 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 you can well in the short time that you have them. Shannon, what is your what do you think the ceiling, how many years do you think the ceiling is on Brian Flores here before he goes to greener pastures? I would say two or three. If they have the success, I'm expecting them to, like Tony said, that means if, if we don't have him, but for a short time, then it was very successful and he got to show what he's capable of. We had talked one time before a few weeks ago that he had had an issue with Tua at halftime telling him if I knew you was going to, you know, suck us bad, I wouldn't have drafted you. And Tua got really (laughs) upset about it. And the Dolphins were put in a position, are we going to keep Tua? Are we going to keep Flores? That's something that Mike Singletary, just for an example, struggled with dealing with the quarterback. And that's a very important relationship. During this time where Flores is going to be able to hopefully shine in this position, Part of it might just be maturity that he'll learn how to handle quarterbacks a little bit better because Hmm. I love his intensity. I like that. That's what I want to see. But sometimes you kind of got to keep treat a lot of these modern day quarterbacks with kids gloves. So, you know, he'll have a chance to learn and Tomlin can be an influence on him there as well. So, yeah, but if he's around more than two, three years, it shocked me. You know, I actually I just, think uh, Mike Tomlin will be a calming influence. Tony, go ahead. No, I, I just wanted to just uh, an aside. I just think it's funny that that that, uh, that, that you know, uh, Belichick's from the Parcells tree and and uh, and uh, Flores is from the Belichick tree because that's uh, all three of them have a, that kind of relationship attitude towards <laughs> quarterbacks. You hear like Phil Phil Sims talk about Parcells, and of course mm-hmm. uh, Belichick even he didn't even let Brady really uh have a huge say so it's just i guess it's it's funny all the defensive guys and their attitude towards quarterbacks you suck get out of here what what did we have in the 70s with with terry bradshaw Mm -hmm. and chuck Knoll? i mean they were not best of friends they there weren't fruitcakes coming to the house uh um during christmas in the 90s and the 2000s so they, they just weren't buddies but there was a there was some respect there too and Bradshaw eventually did call his own place, but it took Bradshaw a long time to become the man when you're drafted right. in 1970. And he doesn't really become the, he wasn't even the starter at the beginning of 1974. Right. So there, there was a quarterback carousel there too. And, and that's how Chuck Noll operated and he was getting the best out of everybody. Terry Bradshaw would be Mitch Trubisky or Ryan Tannehill in 2020, too. He, he really would. You know, he'd be a guy that would have to hook onto another team. Not saying, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer, he's great, but he struggled out of the gate, and we don't give right. quarterbacks that much time anymore. And that's nope. just, that's just uh, the fact of the matter. So we're going to go ahead and talk about... Uh, what Kevin Colbert had to say, but I, I love, uh, I want to bring up something that Mark Chess mentioned right here. Cause I, I mentioned the Xavier Howard thing he said, Stefan Gilmore. He's a free agent, by the way, cornerback loves flurries could bring him in. So does Dante Hightower. And then Mark mentioned that, well, you know what? Uh, he ghosted us before in free agency, but there's always second chances, uh, and there's always different ways to look at things. So whatever's best for this team, they are going to go ahead and do. So it's really funny to say that, you know, 
you have an opportunity. Not a lot of people knew. I didn't even really think about it until Shannon said it, how much of a personnel guy he was. So if you've got a scout on your coaching staff, and that's if you're a personnel guy, that's exactly what you are, then that really helps as well. So I, I love it. I love that they brought him in for a number of reasons, and this could be a great place for him. And I believe, what, he's 40 years old? Is that it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So th- this is uh, this is the, the place where he can get it together. He is going to have support from the owner. He's going to have support from the head coach. He's going to have support from the fans. And the other thing he's going to have is I don't think R2 is going to go and pay him to tank some games. Allegedly. <laughs> no. No, Let no. me say that again. Allegedly. <laughs> right. So, all right, let's talk about Kevin Colbert talking with the media today. What did, what did you call him? Was it Shannon who called him a chatty Kathy? Made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. Is that you, Shannon, or was that Tony? Yeah. Chatty. That's me. <laughs> all right, one of the first things that he talked about today was the Steelers' approach to free agency. And once again, I want to give credit to uh, Dave Schofield for putting this great article on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. Check it out if you like to read about the Steelers. If you love to listen about the Steelers, that's why you're here three times a day with original shows. I just wanted to throw that in real quick. So GM Kevin Colbert said that the Steelers will begin their meeting evaluating free agents starting 222, which is tomorrow. And it's going to last the rest of the week. No decisions on any free agents, even their own, until those meetings conclude. So if that's going to rest the last the rest of the week, man, they're going to be talking about who to bring in. And now you've got a guy like Flores in the room. It's like, hey, I could give a call to this guy. You know, mm-hmm. just like John Mitchell gave a call to uh, Tyson Alualu after he left, you know, and said, hey, do you really want to leave? You know, so that's uh, that's one of those things that, that helps. But how do you see these meetings going? Let me start out with Shannon on this one. They're going <clears> to, <throat> I guess it's good they've got Flores in there now and um, they can go over. Uh, Colbert was talking about today that how he's viewing the strengths and weaknesses of, of this draft class. And we've talked about how they're going to, Stewart's going to have to take an honest assessment of where their strengths and weaknesses are on the roster. Uh, guy, a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster, is he going to be worth what it's going to cost to, you know, sign him? Or is it better to go outside the organization, which Stewart's like to, you know, re-sign their own guys? But they have to try because you know the draft's unpredictable, so they don't know if the guys that they're really wanting is going to fall, you know, in the order they want them to fall, and they get a shot at them. So you're, you know, it's it's always a gamble. But I've, we've said before, I think it's going to be an, an interior offensive lineman, or it could be a tackle, uh, and or a cornerback, and they'll probably discuss, you know, what they're willing to spend at each position. And then start looking at some of the fringe guys that, that they might could sign. Uh, I have an article coming out tomorrow about one of those guys, Cordell Patterson, who played with the Atlanta Falcons. And he's kind of a uh, a poor man's Debo Samuel. And that he could fill your wide receiver three, running back three, and kick return roles. So that's good value. Right now, the Steelers, with their draft capital and their salary cap, they're looking for value. I can't wait to read that article, Shannon. And the reason why Cordero is one of those guys that he was drafted in that 2013 draft, not one of the best drafts. The the first round of that draft was not great whatsoever. <laughs> um, Le'Veon Bell was in the second round. The Steelers, that was one of the, the last horrible picks. Uh, not saying that Artie Burns was a great pick. I'm just saying like <laughs> the last horrible pick was Jarvis Jones back in 13, almost 10 drafts ago. And, Cordero took a long time. He floated around. He ended up, he was drafted by the Vikings. Then he ended up with the Patriots. I believe he's on the Bears. And then he ended up in Atlanta. 
And in Atlanta, he just had this amazing season. Would doing that and and that Debo that Debo Samuel thing that is a great reference there, Shannon, as well, because that's what a guy like this can do. And you could put him next to a, your feature running back, which you know they uh, they considered Mike Davis the feature running back last, mm-hmm. last year, but putting him next to a guy like. Najee Harris would be absolutely amazing. And so, but not many guys. We talked about Bradshaw taking a long time to stick earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. Cordero took almost eight seasons, mm-hmm. but he's here. He's, he's had his moment. And, and <laughs> what's the bottom line to it? The bottom line is a guy found a, an organization found out how to use this guy the right way. So one quick, when you figure out how to use the guy the right way, you're good. Shannon. Just one quick point is, you know, it, it took him a long time because he wasn't, even in college, he wasn't a natural receiver or a natural running back, but he was really pretty good at both because he was a tremendous athlete. But he was always making Pro Bowls and all pro teams as a kick returner. And he, he's tied for the all-time record with eight kick return touchdowns. So you bring a guy like that in, and he, he could possibly open up one to two more positions, which is always something that any rebuilding team would, you know, can add more talent, uh, young talent. And so, and then he's also being a nine year veteran. Uh, he could be a real influence in that young receiving room, which would probably get even younger if the stores pick a mid round guy to, you know, hopefully with some deep speed. So it, it could be a good signing all the way around. Tony, so let me ask you this. Uh, what comes first, your own or the guys you're bringing in on the outside? Or does that intermingle? I think it, I think it intermingles. Like if you look at the secondary, for example, I mean, you have, you have Akella Witherspoon who came on big time last year. Uh, he's a free agent. Do you want to invest in him? Uh, do you want to take a chance on him and invest in him in, 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 as, as your future at cornerback? You know how much they love uh, – uh, Cam Sutton, his versatility, he could play on the outside, he could play in the slot, he could play safety. So, you know, you know, they have plans for him. Uh, as far as the other cornerback position, I mean, you know, do you want to go out, do you want to b- bring back Joe Hayden or do you want to go bigger and, uh, and bring in somebody like a, like a Stefan Gilmore, who's going to cost more than Joe Hayden, but they're not that, as far as age and ability, I mean, I, you know, obviously uh, Gilmore, he, he was a former defensive player of the year, right? So there's like a, there's a, a, a difference there, but not is it is it much of a difference? And how do they feel about James Pierre? I mean, he he kind of lost his job at the end of last year. Are, are they confident in his development? So to me, I think that if you if you you have to decide on on your own guys first. You have to decide on how you feel about about Weatherspoon, how you feel about Hayden, how you feel about James Pierre, who's not a free agent, but do you want to move forward with him? Uh, you know, in your secondary before you can uh, just make a big decision on, on one of these. Um, uh, free agents. I saw a bunch of free agents last week when I looked over the list. Uh, there's some intriguing names, including Gilmore. But you know, you know, you have to figure out what you want to do at home first. And, and you know, that's the same thing goes, but maybe along the offensive line when you're talking about you know uh, uh, shoots and 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 and, uh, and I know I know a lot of people are down on him, but you know Trey Turner I th- is he a free agent? Uh, yeah. He's solid, but, mm. but do you want, yeah, he's solid. So do you want to bring him back or do you want to? Do you want to uh, upgrade in that area, which they probably could upgrade uh, at a, at a decent uh, price? So I think you have to you have to uh, make decisions on, on your on your 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 own guys first before you can make make a huge splash. And I'm confident that they'll be able to hash through that when they when they have their meeting. Uh, was he said next week? So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to, to, to the this uh, free agent period more than I have in a very long. I think we all are because they have. There's so much, so much more to, to work with now than you've had, mm-hmm. and, and really since the social media age. Absolutely. Let's talk about free agents. You know, free agents, something that he talked about next, he being Kevin Colbert on the Steelers salary cap situation. And he says, and I quote, I think we can comfortably say that we will have more salary cap room this year than we've had. I can't even remember when we've had any excess room but we're anticipating having more room going into this process. So that means that they got that extra Christmas bonus that they did not expect fellas. (laughs) And they're, 
looking at using it. I know when we come into more money at the house here, my wife has a list of six or seven things right off the bat that, oh, we should do this, do this, do this. I'm like, it's not that much. But, you know, they do have close to 50. They're going to cl- have close between 40 and 50 million there, give or take a few, and other moves are going to be made. So just quickly, Tony, do you think that they're going to they're going to be players on the free agency market? Oh, I think I think so. I mean, I don't look for them to make, you know, go nuts. That's not the Steelers uh, approach to things. I look for them to be aggressive because they have more uh, money to be aggressive. And, and they've they've kind of changed their their ways in the last few years as far as the moves that they make that they would never they would have never made in the past. Devin Bush, uh, Minka. Uh, but I, I look for them to be also pragmatic with their approach. They're not they're, they're going to they're going to identify guys that they're going to, uh, you know, talk to certain players and they're going to make reasonable offers and and if 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 you know it, it's it's not enough then they might walk away so but i do look for them to be more aggressive than they have been in the past you know how could they not be they have you know, so much more to play with shannon yeah they um one of the concerning things um is somebody just said um how much is Mika going to cost because you know they'd like to extend him before they get in a in a position where they're in a bidding war. But the only problem is is he Flory's coached him, and I don't know if he was part of the problem in Miami. You know, I don't know how Mika feels about him. So will this help with his how much it's going to cost to get Mika signed, or will it make it worse? Uh, that's something they're going to have to take a look at. But um, yeah, they, I think they'll try to look at a. Uh, like we've talked about a guy like J.C. Jackson, uh, a quarterback, because guys like him don't usually hit the free agent market very often, and they have struggled some to identify talent. Now that could be, you know, a quarterback. That could be totally different now with Austin and Flores, but um, I do think they'll make a run at one of the the more uh, established cornerbacks in this free agent class. That would be that would be welcome to a lot of people. Now let's talk about this draft class. Kevin Colbert listed the 2022 draft class strengths and weaknesses. Now earlier on, it concerned our very own BTSC's Andrew Wilbar, one of our draft experts here. We were blessed with a few draft experts here, and Andrew was a little uh, concerned with this list because of some guys that were on one position that they did not mention. So wide receiver, offensive tackle, corner, outside linebacker are deep positions in, and that is according to Colbert, while guard center defensive tackles were not so deep. And yeah, he did not mention inside linebackers whatsoever. And we know that is a concern for the Steelers again. So Shannon, when you look at this here, talking about does, talking about who's a strength, who's a weakness, what position, does that kind of play their hand a little bit of that they're going to uh, have to go with one of those guys on the weak list a little higher if they want one of those guys because they're not going to be available in other rounds? Oh, that'll definitely influence it. And it'll influence how they look at free agency as well. Um, I didn't agree with Colbert about the offensive tackle position because if you review some of the, the prospects at offensive tackle, their future NFL position may be a guard. So that's how I'm looking at it. So I feel like that the guard position is stronger than maybe he's initially thinks. And the offensive tackle uh, is, is better than some years, but, but it's not all that strong. Um, pretty much everything else I agreed with. Uh, you got uh, the kid out of Cincinnati, Darren Beavers, uh, who is a, is a pure buck linebacker. And if Flores can bring Bush's potential out and, and have him back playing like he did as a rookie, that would be a great guy to match him up with and put on the interior there. So uh, that's going to, uh, the way Colbert looks at it and the way the rest of the 
the uh, Steelers brass look at it is going to influence those decisions. Wow, an inside linebacker combo of Bush and Beavers. How awesome would that be? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of that one. You know, so sometimes you just have to. And uh, hey, the podcast producer will talk to me later about that one. I'm sure <sighs> I might have to take his call. So we can name it. We could have a new a new award. Nah, I can't say it. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, don't don't. The, but I like what you're thinking. The, the Dundies. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> All right, Tony. Uh, quickly, your uh, your thought on that as well on the strengths and weaknesses of the draft class, at, according to Kevin. Well, yeah, I think it, it, could, it could definitely influence what they do in free agency and in the draft and we saw it a few years ago with there were only what a couple of uh a couple of uh uh bona fide first round inside linebackers and they had to move up to get devin bush and in the year before there were three of them and they missed out on all three of them and they, had, they drafted Terrell Edmonds. so it definitely could affect what they do i mean if they really have if they really like somebody in a class that's considered or, or a position that's considered weaker you know uh, they might have to move up they might have to uh figure okay we're not going to get the, we're not going to be able to, to get this player or, or address this position so we're gonna have to do it in free agency so yeah it, it's definitely gonna influence it although when it comes to kevin colbert and draft talk I, I i never know what to believe with him because he's he plays uh he's got a great poker face and and every year he always says yeah you know you might want to <laughs> trade back and he never ever does so <laughs> you know I, you know and he only traded up that one time so or at least one time in modern history so yeah i I think it, it could definitely influence him and him. But I think it's interesting that he would throw um, all these different, you know, he would name the, the, the stronger uh, units and, and the weaker units. I, I wonder if that's a little bit gamesmanship on his part. There's always the potential for game gamesmanship. Definitely. You know, uh, you mentioned Bush and that year, you both mentioned Bush and Devin Lloyd were they, they, they were the top. Is it Lloyd? I mean, the kid in uh Tampa. Devin White. Is it Devin White? White. Why did I say Lloyd? Mm -hmm. Okay, so I, I should, That's should this know year. that. Yeah. So Devin White and Devin Bush. And then the drop-off was Mac Wilson, which they thought, hey, he could be a possible second and third rounder. He didn't go until the fifth. Now, mm -hmm. I mean, there might have been an out inside linebacker that went in between there, but yeah, they were few and far between. So Shannon, you're saying that's what it is like this year. Uh, so what for inside linebacker? Yeah. No, I think that the, they have, it's a pretty good class uh, of inside linebackers. You know, we talked okay. about Chad Muma and, uh, but I'm just saying I mean, that you love if, they're Everyone counting, if they're counting Muma on Bush rebounding, then Beavers might be a good combo to put with him. You know what? Okay. You know what? Now I know what I did. Devin Lloyd is the kid out of Georgia, right? Utah that out of Utah. So, mm -hmm. and he's considered he could go top 10 or yeah. he could fall close to 20. And that's an interesting situation there as well. Mm -hmm. But we'll talk about that more <laughs> down the line. So that's where I got the name Devin Lloyd stuck in my mm -hmm. head. So uh, here's, here's another one that this is no shock to anybody, especially if you've been listening to Dave Schofield for the last, I don't know, three or four months. Colbert said the Steelers expect to receive one additional compensatory pick sometime in early March. So, you know, that's that's something we've been talking about here for a while. Don't don't expect to. One of the mock drafters expected them to get to. Now that's that's definitely not going to happen. So, what you're really looking at here is probably a number 4, a second fourth because of Bud Dupree's playing time. When when uh, Bud Dupree, I was wondering why Dave was like, man, Bud Dupree needs to come back. You know, you, you <laughs> got to get him out of here. And now I absolutely realize what he was talking about. So that's really no surprise to any of us there. But the quarterback situation was the fifth thing that Kevin Colbert talked about. And Colbert said repeatedly that he expects the team to tender Dwayne Haskins as previously reported. That gives the Steelers two quarterbacks right now with two spots up for grabs before camp. So to me, it seems like it's going to be an existing player 
whether it be a trade or a free agent signing and a draft choice, which it very well could be a number one, one draft choice or it could be a number six. That's a possibility when you're looking at a quarterback here to be a camp body and, and then you decide where you want to go from there. But I'm going to start with Shannon here. Does it make sense to keep Dwayne Haskins and Mason Rudolph right now because you don't have many to compete for the position? Yeah, they're conceivably the only two guys Rudolph signed and Haskins probably will be. But, yeah, they you got to have some talent there. Uh, and, you know, we've all talked about the free agent route, uh, Mario to Trubisky, something like that. Um, it's all going to come down to how the Steelers views this quarterback class. If they think there's a guy there they consider special, they'll have to do what they have to do to get him. Maybe it'll be a guy that even falls into the second round. But um, I, I just always feel like if a, if a quarterback makes it to the sixth, seventh round, just try to get him as an undrafted free agent because there's a reason he fell that far. And him being having a successful career is like uh, Tom Brady, and I don't know anybody else. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they're either going to have to get that guy early um, and uh, – but I definitely think they're going to try to bring in a free agent. Uh, now, the, if there's a guy they want bad enough, they'll try to draft him. But, you know, that's going to be up to them. And that's a big decision. Tony. I mean, you know, obviously he has to, he had to kind of, uh, you know, endorse Mason Rudolph a little bit because he is under contract. And nobody else seems to be doing that for him <laughs> uh, uh, lately. And, you know, Dwayne Haskins, it makes perfect sense to, if you can bring him back at a, you know, tender him, it's not going to cost you a lot. He's a, certainly a, a tremendous, or at least was considered a tremendous talent a few years ago. He was a high draft pick. So, you know, they talked glowingly about, about him last uh, summer, at least Big Ben did. So, you know, you get those two guys in here and then, you know, I, he, he, he mentioned bringing four arms to camp. Well, that's, that could be a draft pick and and a, a veteran. So you know, you know, people are going nuts with you know he's he, him saying if 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 the season started today he'd be the Steelers quarterback. Meaning Mason Rudolph, uh, that doesn't that 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 didn't mean anything. It, it just means that you know uh, there's still time to find uh, a couple more guys. Uh, you know, a veteran or in a draft pick. So um, I, I look for them like Shannon said. I look for them to have Mason, uh, Dwayne Haskins, a draft pick. And maybe a veteran. Now, what kind of veteran that is, uh, that might, again, like Shannon said, it might uh, be determined by how they feel about the draft class. If it's, if it's, uh, if, if they consider it to be uh, one that they can't really find a, a, a future starter, then maybe they, they go with a more higher up, high end uh, veteran. But if they think they can find somebody in this class, even if it's not in the first round, maybe they go out and they get somebody that, you know, you're not that crazy about it as a veteran, like a Ryan Fitzpatrick or somebody like that. Can we add to that process from the outside? Said Colbert. Yes. And I quote, we always look at, we always look at unrestricted groups, potential cuts down the road. We know we're going to add to the position. So, you know, don't worry about Rudolph and Haskins because they're the guys here right now. And you got to have four, like Tony said. So those are the two. Who are the next two? That's might be your starter. The next two, if they could make a splash. And I kind of think my gut's saying that's what they want about the quarterbacks in the 2022 draft class. GM Kevin Colbert said there is good quality available, probably not in the same numbers as in recent years, but then he's excited about that part of the process. And we have talked about this ad nauseum, and we're going to continue to do that, that, this might, but that almost tells me, fellas, and we'll do this rapid fire just real quick. Does that kind of tell you guys that yeah, they they might not be really looking at taking a quarterback in the first round like a lot of people on the national media think they're going to do in every single mock draft? Tony? Yeah, because I, I don't think there's going to be somebody there worth the value at 20, but because I think Willis and, and Pickett, or starters are both going to be gone. Shannon. Yeah. The, the only thing that concerns me is they spent so much time 
in North Carolina looking at how, mm-hmm. and also at Ritter, who will possibly be there, both of them in the second. So that's that's going to be interesting. But that's doing their jobs. You know, mm-hmm. you're yeah. supposed to spend a lot of time scouting those guys. And they also, think about this, they also had the ability to see Sam Howell come to Pittsburgh and play at Heinz Field mm-hmm. as a member of the ACC's North Carolina Tar Heels. Let's talk about Stefan Tuitt. Um, Kevin Colbert on to its availability, been in contact with Stefan, open to continuing to help him continue to evaluate that position and his availability to us. So we have guessed like crazy about this. Colbert also said that he's spoken with him and they are open to welcoming him back in 2022. It sounds like that's going to happen and it just seems like it's to his knee and and his state of mind from what a lot of people are guessing at here. So, uh, Tony, your thoughts on Stefan Tuitt? Yeah, it sounds to me like uh, they're they're open to bringing him back, just a matter of Tuitt wanting to come back, and, and we don't know his mindset because we haven't heard from him since everything before before last season with his brother and everything. So I I don't know what, what his mindset is, but it sounds like the Steelers are open to having him back. And why not? He's a tremendous talent. So why not? Of course, I think we've been guessing on what his problem is and don't know what his problem is right. because it hasn't been told. So Shannon, what is your gut telling you? Stefan to it back or not? Based on what Gilbert said, I think he kind of confirmed it's help him. What would he, how would he have to help him with his knee? I think it's obviously something to do with the tragedy and you know until we hear from two we just don't know so let's talk about the offensive line now and the offensive line is very important to this team something that definitely needs to be upgraded and they talked about the middle of the line and it's kendrick green was a topic of conversation here and I quote, Kendrick did a lot of good things for us. And when he hurt the calf, he wasn't benched for inefficient play. He was benched because he was hurt. We know that Kendrick can play guard. We know he can play center. Is it our best option? See where we go in the next two months. I, I, I like that, fellas. Uh, l- let me just continue with this. Colbert also said that one of his regrets from the 2020 offseason was not adding another affordable veteran to the offensive line mix to ease the growth of that group. I, I got to tell you, that speaks volumes to me. Does that to you, Shannon? Oh, yes. He, they won. They thought that Banner would he'll be healthy by the start of the season and he would take over at right tackle. And I believe they thought that Green would progress through the year. But then I think that the calf was part of the reason. I think uh, mental paralyzation, paralysis was the other because uh, he kind of shut down that way. But I think Colbert was really being honest there that he should have brought in another established guy to, to help that line. Tony, when you say that there's a regret about something, that you have a regret about something, you're not likely to ignore that the next year. Are you, Tony? Well, I mean, I've regretted many things in my life. And, and when I get a second opportunity, I, I try to rectify that. So uh, I, I think what he's saying is, you know, last year I wanted to bring somebody in. Maybe I, financially I couldn't. This year I have the resources to do it. And I'm going to I'm going to rectify that mistake from last year and somebody in that to help with this young and very inexperienced line. That tells me a lot that they are going to follow that Cincinnati Bengal way and bring some guys in now i i know a lot of people are talking about the line being the weakness in the super bowl for them but that line helped that team out quite a bit and i gotta tell you they did it with veterans they did it with drafting some guys they didn't go as high as i thought they were going to they went to a different direction in a different direction and it worked for them getting the playmaker at wide receiver but man they really need to protect joe burrow the Steelers need to open up holes for Najee Harris and protect the next signal caller. So it's going to be really interesting. I am going to bring up my man, Andrew Wilbar here, by the way, check out his new show with 
Jeremy Betts. And it just, uh, episode two came out today. And this is exactly, this is my plan too, without number three. This is, I agree with this 100%. Signed Teron Armstead from the New Orleans Saints. Draft Lasita Smith. I'm I'm drafting him in the second round on every single one of my mock simulator drafts. Tony, it's time to go back to the, the mock simulators. Remember, we were doing that last year. So we oh, got to yeah. do that. Yeah, and that's, so that's I've been, there's been a lot of Lasita Smith that I've been drafting and signed Mason Cole Center. And I don't know enough about Cole. So with that being said, that I like Andrew's plan. And that's why he's uh, he's kicking off the week on Mondays with Jeremy. Good job, Andrew. Tony. You like that plan? Oh, I I love number one. I think uh, um, Armstead is uh, he's the free agent list that I saw. He's right up there, so he's the number one tackle on the on, on the free agent boards. If you, if you can get him at a, you're not going to give him at a reasonable price. Let's be let's let's not kid ourselves. But if you, if you can find a way to to get him and make that work, then I, I think that'll go a long way. And first of all, making everybody happy that they're addressing the offensive line because I don't think too many people were happy about that last year. And number two, actually. Uh, uh, improving the line. So, yeah, I think that'd be a great move. Uh, as far as the other guys, I'm not that I'm not deep enough into the draft yet at this point to, to know about, uh, about those guys and, and, and Mason's cool. I'm, I'm not sure about him either. Shannon, let's get a little crazy here with this plan that Andrew Wilbar brings out. If the Steelers could get Ben Roethlisberger to come back at a veteran minimum to play quarterback, <laughs> do you think he would if you brought in a guy like Armstead and draft Lasita Smith. No, I, th- I think he's done. He's made <laughs> his decision. Uh, uh, Brady, there's more chance of Brady coming back than there is man. But I love but the – Would I, he be I, effective, I, Shannon? That's, that's tough to say because it's going to take time for that to develop, even if they do this plan. And, and, you know, again, he's going to be even more immobile and he lost the, he got, he was jumpy in the pocket last year. Uh, and I don't see him, uh, you know, now that he's actually retired and his, where his mind's at, I don't see it. Uh, I think it would be a very bad decision for him to come back. All right. So he also, Kevin Colbert also talked about general managers, hiring general managers, how he's not going to retire. He's not going to say the retire word because he may be back with the organization in some kind of capacity as well to help out. He didn't say other organizations. He said back with this organization. So that is something that you can see him there in there as well. We're not going to really discuss that because that's uh Right now, that that doesn't affect this season as much. It will affect after he's gone, though, when you have a general manager making making decisions in season and after the draft. But for right now, we're going to put that one aside. And we're going to finish up with something that's been on everybody's mind as well. Another guy that uh, kind of took a step back last year, and it's Devin Bush Jr. And we talked about him earlier. Colbert said that they had not decided if the Steelers are going to pick up Devin Bush's fifth-year option, but he mentioned the ACL recovery impacting him in 2021. And I quote, I think Devin Bush will be a better player in 2022. Tony Defio, let me ask you about that. Colbert's final season. With Devin Bush here, going into his fifth year, what kind of gamble do you make on Devin Bush? And what's your gut saying? My gut says, and I, I think it was a, it was a, uh, like a kind of a uh, community uh, decision uh, to, 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 to uh, be as aggressive as they were to go up and get him. So I think they invested so much in him in 2019. I think, I think they almost feel obligated to pick up his, his fifth year option. So I think, I think they're going to, they're going to pick it up. Shannon, would it be foolish to not bring him back at this point, being the fact that an injury was a big could have been a big part of the reason last year, or was that foreshadowing of problems in the future? No way I would sign him to the extension. Um, I've said before, I, I, based on what I saw yesterday or last season, he become contact adverse. 
And as a middle linebacker, you got to want to put a hat on somebody. You got to fire up in there. I mean, towards the end of the year, his knee had healed and he was moving well. Uh, and, and GB would point it out in different uh, uh, breakdowns that he was moving, but he would try to go around the blockers because, yes, the defensive line didn't do a good job of keeping them clean. But eventually you got to take on a blocker, disengage, and make a tackle. And I can't even remember him doing that 10 times last year. If he made a tackle, it was because he just run the guy down or caught him. <laughs> he did not want to engage and take on blockers. And that concerns me greatly. So I have no faith in him moving forward. I'm hoping I'm wrong. I said that Flores could be a great hire, especially for Bush. If he can bring that back out of him uh, and get him a, a good buck linebacker next to him, the defense could improve a lot, especially if two and the Lulu come back and the defensive line approves. Uh, but as far as giving him that fifth-year option, I couldn't do it right now. Tony, what are you doing? Um, I, I haven't, I, I haven't really been been that impressed with him. Even his first two years before he got hurt. So, like, for, as far as uh, what they invested in him and 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 the impact that they expected him to make, I mean, I realize Ryan Shazier struggled a bit early on, but he was impactful. Even even like right away, his biggest problem early in his career was were injuries. You saw how impactful he was in that in that playoff game against the Bengals. So I haven't seen that from Bush yet. So I'm not sure if he has the size and uh and and, and even the the athleticism to, to cover tight ends like like they were hoping he would. So I, I would say no at this point. I'm not saying no. And I I'll take the criticism for it, but I'm a I'm waiting to see. I, I really don't want to waste this year, waste next year by making him a lame duck this year. Because well but one thing that you can do, though, you definitely can do, is they didn't they didn't tender they didn't offer the fifth year option to Terrell Edmonds, and I think they're bringing them back. I think that's a that's a guy that they do bring back. So you know, there's that possibility too that uh, you give him a walk year and uh, see what he has, and then you you kind of gamble on that, Shannon. Yeah, I mean it. It it can if the stores bring back Edmonds, I think he's a great match and pairing with Fitzpatrick, and I think he's really good um, in, in tight end coverage. Uh, but this way, you can at least control the price more than say if you do offer, and then he's got to be paid within the top five of the, the position. So it, it would give the stores more flexibility. Now, will these guys be offended? And will they decide to go elsewhere because the stores didn't give them, you know, extend them. So uh, there's your gamble. All right, fellas. Hey, this was a spirited conversation. It was a lot of fun. I get it. I love it. Thank you so much. Everybody in the live chat, you have been fantastic as well. It's great to see all of you in here. And even if you're not here right now and you're driving down the road or you're working and you're checking us out later on. Thank you so much. We cannot do these shows without each and every one of you. You're all the best and you make us do what we do here too. So we strive to be better because of your fan loyalty. So thank you so much. So let me tell you this. So many great shows to check out. Check out the live mic tomorrow morning, audio only. Check out Jeffrey Benedict, audio only. Check out out and that's tomorrow as well don't be afraid to check out the scobro shows they'll be they'll be back here on youtube and on audio as well and other great shows throughout the week also don't forget about let's ride that was on this morning in the steelers draft fix as well jeff hartman does let's ride andrew wilbar jeremy betts they do the draft fix and they talked about quarterbacks today so if you want to hear more about the Steelers and the quarterback class of 2022. That's a good thing to check out as well. We've got three things that we need you to do here. And Tony put up the fingers. One, be safe. We can't do this without you. Two, be true to yourself. <laughs> you have nobody to impress here. We're all family. You be you. And three, always be behind the steel curtain. For Shannon White. Woo!
and Tony Defio. <laughs> A little premature enthusiasm there, Shannon. Let me try this again. For Shannon White and Tony Defio, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. And just when you think you've got all the answers. We keep changing the questions. Got another one, Shannon? All right. We'll see you next week. Keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the hypocycloids. Transport yourself back in time and explore the fascinating and harrowing story of the Titanic's maiden voyage. Now open at COSI. Don't miss Titanic, the Artifact Exhibition. This epic exhibit features over 200 authentic artifacts recovered from the ocean floor. Discover poignant passenger and crew accounts and majestic recreated interiors, including the iconic Titanic Grand Staircase. Tickets for Titanic, the Artifact Exhibition are on sale now. Book your voyage at COSI.org.